0: Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. And joining me is Josh Landon, who years ago looked around and said, you know what? There isn't a a brewing company. There isn't a beer. There isn't a drink that really speaks to people like me. And by me, Josh, I'm assuming you meant surfers, skaters, that California vibe. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Everybody that's interested in those types of things, right? Growing up doing them and there's the california person that the kind of big beer businesses portray and then there's the real california person right <laughs> and i think uh and then i think there's a little bit of a gap there
0: i wonder what the difference is but also i've got to tell you josh i wonder why does it matter why can't you just drink any one of the craft beers that's out there who cares if they're serving it to you or not Yours i want to find out why that was the insight that led you to create this company that I'm looking at a Wall Street Journal article from 2015 when the business was sold. It was called St. Archer Brewing Company of San Diego. It was sold to Miller Coors. They estimated they did really good calculation. They estimated you sold for uh, more than $35 million. It was a lot more than they estimated. I want to find out about how much more how the sale went. And then I also want to find out about this new business. I think this new business Is going to be better than the last one, Ashland Hard Seltzer. I feel like there's something in the hard seltzer space that's more in the spirit that you're going after. And I feel like it's a growing market, but I'm I'm on the outside. I want to learn from you and we're gonna do it thanks to two phenomenal sponsors. The first will host your website, right? People, it's called hostgator. I'll tell you later why you should go to hostgator.com/slash mixergy. And the second, if you're doing any kind of content business, you shouldn't just rely only on ads. Ads are great. I'm obviously getting paid for this ad right now, but if you sell directly to your audience, you're going to have a better relationship with them. And that's where Memberful comes in. I'll tell you later why you should go to memberful.com slash Mixergy. Josh, how much was the sale for? What do you feel comfortable saying today?
1: Uh, it was almost three times that.
0: Three times that?
1: Yeah, so right. it, was a little, it was a little off. You know, the deal was worth almost three times that. Right around there. Right around there. Yeah, so, you know. They don't know everything, you know. You can't believe everything you read in the paper.
0: You know what though they did here's the math that they did. They said, you know what? We think that they are selling thirty-five thousand barrels uh-huh. a year. Is that was that one right? Uh yep. Okay. And then they said that craft brewers were valued at a thousand dollars a barrel. Was there yeah, were they off on that? like
1: a maybe for like a small brewery an hour outside of Detroit, maybe? But not for okay. the craft beer capital of the US in San Diego with the with the hottest craft beer brand in California. Like it's a little bit more
0: than that. You're saying we are more special, and part of what makes us special is where we come from. Let me ask you this. Well, you know what, let's let's understand why that matters. It goes back to a couple of friends of yours who got an offer to be what, ambassadors or something
1: mm-hmm. for
0: for an alcohol mm-hmm. brand. Yep. Mm-hmm. What were they doing?
1: They're, they're on the pro tour of this pro surf tour. And, um, I just happened to be with them in, in Puerto Rico about 10 years ago, just kind of tagging along and, um, yeah, tequila brand approached them about investing in the business and being ambassadors for them. And I, you know, I kind of just thought that, you know, that wouldn't be the best fit. And I think beer would, I think most folks are drinking a beer a day or a beer every six months or, whatever it is, most folks are consuming beer. And it just fell in line a little bit more with them instead of a hard alcohol.
0: Because they were they drinking beer mostly?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think it's more likely that a pro athlete, I, I know it's more likely for a pro athlete to drink a beer than it is a Red Bull. That's for damn sure.
0: Okay. I wouldn't have known. All right. Oh, yeah. So then, you then say, I'm going to do this. I'm, you look around and you say, there isn't a beer that speaks to us. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Why do you need a beer that speaks to you? Why can't you just go in and say, I'll get a, a, any old IPA or any lager or anything that feels right to us. And who cares who makes it and who cares if they care about surfing?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I mean, I, yeah, I do, you know, I think growing up in skateboarding and surfing and, you know you know everything about the brands that you're representing as you're kind of rolling down the street or or you're surfing and, and whatever you buy and and whatever kind of speaks to you is is what you want to represent and growing up in a world without social media and the only way you could sh- it's kind of like Michael Jordan mm-hmm. right you he was my favorite basketball player and the only way you could show folks that you're a Michael Jordan fan is you know if you could afford his sneakers or you're you're wearing flight air jordan gear right it's the same it's the same thing people they want to represent what they identify with and i think there's no different than when you're at a barbecue and you bring a beer and you want people to know this is your favorite beer and why
0: got it you know what so you're saying just the holding the can even if it's the exact same beer as would be in someone mm-hmm. else's can if it has that surfer vibe, that California spirit, the thing that you could relate to, you don't feel like a fraud for holding it in your hand with your friends. You feel more more like yourself, more like the person that you experience that you want to be.
1: Yeah, I think it more just represents who you are. Just like that, you know, in a lot of cases, people drive certain cars because it best suits their lifestyle and, and what works for them. And, you know, obviously the beer is not the same as, as whatever other beers are, right? They're all different. Um, some people love them. Some people love St. Archer. Some people hate St. Archer. It's like your favorite band. It's a very, you know, kind of a subjective opinion, but I think, I think, yeah, people, especially in today's world where brands and, and, you know, people have opinions about everything. Everybody has an opinion about everything. It's like, why can't you just go eat at X pizza place? Is it really that much different than the one down the street? And it's like, well, no, but I like it more. And I like the vibe more and I liked it. Right. Like that's,
0: yeah. I get what you're talking about. Um, specifically about pizza. I, I, I love specific <laughs> types of pizza, but right? hey, there's a co-op over here. That's uh, Arismendi on Valencia street and they got a nice vibe. You know, they all own the place. They Exactly. Yeah. I get, I get the experience. All right. So the other thing I wonder is, why are you, Josh? I'm looking at your background. Am I missing something? You don't seem like a brewer. Were you doing this as a hobby and maybe I didn't know about it?
1: No. Yeah, no, not a brewer. And I didn't know anybody in the beer business. I was a filmmaker. What uh, type of film? So documentary films.
0: What's the one that, um, that got you the award?
1: Ah, uh, multiple won a lot of film festivals, but I think the one I made on the history of modern mm-hmm. surfing called Flow did really well about, gosh, 15 years ago now. And, um, and then the one right after that on a gal named Tara Dikitas, who was a pro snowboarder in the early 2000s. Both of those films did really well.
0: Flow did especially well. I'm not into surfer movies, it, but I I knew about it. It was, it just, it, it broke out. Well. How did your life change after that?
1: Um, well at that point, I mean, because of that, I was a working filmmaker, you know, like making a, making a living, making films is not easy. I don't care what you're making. You could be making features or commercials or documentaries or television shows, right? If you're, if you're earning a living making films, that's, that's a pretty, that's a hard thing to do. Um, so because of that, I was able to get financing for other films and then, you know, winning film festivals. Um, I started making music videos and my manager was Green Day's manager. Um, and, you know, he knew all the labels and I was able to make some music videos. And then as I was really kind of getting going though, I was doing it, you know, like I was, I was doing it. And I had the idea for St. Archer and left it all.
0: Why, why did you think that you could become a brewer?
1: Well, I wasn't trying to be a brewer. Um, I knew that I could hire brewers but I knew I could build a superior brand to the rest of the competitive landscape in craft beer.
0: How'd you know that?
1: Confidence.
0: Where did that confidence come from? You had experience creating brands, experience creating no. a spirit in the movies, no. in the music videos? No, you didn't yeah, I mean, think it not, was not really. similar. Yeah,
1: no. No, I just um just not, I just felt like I could do better than them.
0: Was um, it because you you thought maybe I know the surfers, they'll become ambassadors. They're looking for something that feels right to them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I, and I knew, I mean, that's a small group, right? Like, you know, most of the folks that are buying the brand don't don't have any idea that X skateboarder or surfer owns it with me. Right. Mm -hmm. Most of the, you're giving yourself too much credit. If you think everybody who walks into a Vons knows who owns the business. Right. Um, but they do know great packaging and they do know what they can afford. So if you can have a brand that looks great on the shelf and folks can afford it, generally you'll do pretty well. It's just, it's really, really hard to get your brand to look great, make great liquid and get yourself on the shelf.
0: Right. And you thought That's, I could make great liquid. That's a solvable problem. I could find mm-hmm. people. And you weren't so snobby that you said it has to taste a specific way, or else you your no. focus was more about it has to be has to have a certain vibe, it has to have a certain look, it has to have a certain way of making people. Yeah. I mean, feel. I think there's
1: yeah, there's I mean, it needed to be good. It was three of the most generic beer styles going, right? We launched the brand with a blonde ale, a pale ale, and an IPA. So it was very generic. It wasn't, you know, these these, you know, crazy beers that everybody was making. But I do think, you know, the liquid is a big deal. You could have the best brand in the world. And if people take a sip of it and it sucks, then it doesn't really matter.
0: Okay. All right. So that's table stakes. It's the design. It's the feel. It's the brand that matters. When, when you were looking around, how did you know, did you also think, you know what, the surfer and skater vibe is the thing that's going to sell? How did you know that you were, well, I guess maybe as a filmmaker, you knew that this was going to be, that there's a big audience of people who maybe don't do it, but admire or want the feel of that experience. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think everybody, I think, you know, California is a very attractive aesthetic, right? All over the country, all over the world right? California it's, it on so many different levels, right? Not just surfing and skateboarding, Hollywood and music and, you know, all of the things that in just outdoors and as you go into the central coast and big Sur and San Francisco, there, there's a lot of different aesthetics in California okay. that yeah. are attractive to a lot of folks. Right. And okay. if you can kind of represent a majority of those, I think it's just like, does it make people buy it? Um, no does it give you a different point of view than everybody else yes at the time right now now a lot of people have kind of emulated that um but coming from skateboarding surfing they've been doing that since the beginning of those industries right like what that's, that's where did you get
0: your confidence the beginning where'd you get the confidence that made you say i think i could do this even as i asked you that question there was this look on your face of, of course I could do this. I just knew I could do it. Your guy, you told our producer, you tried to be a surfer, professional surfer. It didn't work out for you, right? When Correct. Why didn't that well, knock your confidence? I mean, confidence? I didn't really try. I mean, you I didn't. knew
1: earlier. You just okay. know, right? You, so you
0: know. Then why didn't that knock your confidence? Why didn't that make you say, ah, oh, you know what? Look at all these people who are doing this thing that I can't do. Just not who you are. Yeah, man. Where'd you get your confidence? Your 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 good looks as a kid? Was it your parents? Was it just something else? um,
1: I think, if anything, and I do think it's like there's some things that are just your God-given personality, right? Where I I, and I wouldn't say I had this God-given confidence. I I wouldn't say that at all. I think um, I think as you become successful, you gain more confidence. But I've never. I think the probably the better way to put it would be I just wasn't scared that that fear mechanism in me doesn't exist when it comes to business does it come um, where does
0: it exist family
1: uh i mean there's i have plenty of fears in my personal life
0: can i ask you what what one is sure. what's one that keeps you up yeah
1: i mean everything from i've had everything from anxiety to you know mild depression to ev- everything the roller coaster of uh, so i've had all of that stuff right like if i if my, if my wife doesn't call me back in 10 minutes, I think she was dead in a wreck, right? Like that's my first thought. So, but in business, you, you would have to say something pretty substantial to get me that rattled, right? I, it just, it just doesn't, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's bizarre.
0: <laughs> I get it. I guess you're feeling like if business goes away, my life doesn't go away. I'll still, you felt comfortable that you could still make a living. You could still take care of your family.
1: Yeah. I mean, my identity doesn't come, and this is not overnight, but like my identity doesn't come from the success I've had in business.
0: Will you tell me me a little bit about the depression, just so I feel like you're a real person and not we're projecting an invincibility that can't possibly exist.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely am not that. Um, I think, you know, anxiety and depression, I think a lot of it, it comes from the up and downs of this life right in a lot of ways and i i've always had it in me it was always there and i think um you know when i'm the worst when i'm not busy right and then cuz my head just keeps going and okay. then you know i get a, you know you get ocd i get ocd and i need to be busy all the time
0: okay not as
1: much as i used to and now i've kind of like gotten a hold of it through meditation and and different things like that have really helped me. Um, So you're saying if you
0: don't have anything to channel your energy towards, is that what leads to a sense of emptiness?
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I I just, I think just um, anxiety, right? Like I I need to like kind of keep moving forward and, and, you know, doing things and um, it was always there though. It was there as a kid, you know, where I would um, I remember distinctly as a kid having, being anxious and, and, um, you know, it was never an outward thing though. Like, I didn't talk to anybody about it. it. wasn't like it is now, right. Where it's, um, I was an only yeah. child and both my parents worked and, um, so I was by myself a lot, which is, which honestly is probably where a lot of the entrepreneurial, um, uh, mindset comes in, you know, like I was, I was an only child, middle-class parents, you know, like not, not wealthy by any means. Um, never was poor, but like, we didn't have, you know, I didn't have all this, you know, crazy stuff growing up as a kid. And I was by myself a lot. So I had to figure out things for myself.
0: Oh, and so you're saying, look, if I could figure things out for myself earlier than other kids would, or maybe if I, I, if I had a brother or sister, I would, then you get the sense of resourcefulness as an adult. It just carries through.
1: Yeah, I was just, I'm kind of confident figuring things out on my own. You know, I was a horrible student. Um, horrible.
0: But that um, didn't, didn't matter to you, so it didn't influence you. Your self-perception no. was an influence because you didn't need to be a great student, no?
1: No, not, not in my mind. I, I I knew that I would never do anything with school. You know, I've only wanted to be three things in my life, and and um, the first one was a sportscaster. I didn't need to go to school for that. Um, being a filmmaker, I felt like I knew how to make films. I, I knew I could tell stories and i aesthetically knew what i wanted things to look like and then as a business owner now entrepreneur i feel like going to school to be an entrepreneur is ridiculous
0: where did the name saint archer brewing come from why was it that
1: i wanted to name my son archer and my my wife wanted to do beckham
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he said i've got this name in so, my back pocket well uh, why so, saint okay. archer
1: yeah yeah i just threw saint in there just 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 the mix it up a little bit and had a nice little ring to it.
0: I would have thought that was more of like a Boston brewing company, you know, where (laughs) they're really into the Catholic church and that's. No. No. So then you had your name. It was meaningful to you. You needed to come up with what next, the vibe for it or to find the brewery. Yeah. the The artwork,
1: the artwork, which I had a pretty good idea what I wanted to do. And, um, fortunately for me, I I've worked with the same artists through every brand over the last 10 years. Um, pete baston and we 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 have a great connection and we've built all these brands together and um what's the know, brand you built... pr-
0: did you what's the work that you did with him before on branding
1: saint archer was first oh and that was it just and we've created what seven eight brands together now okay um and so aesthetically we you know we have a pretty good idea of of what each other is looking for. And, um, you know, he's a great designer and and I have a pretty damn good idea going into a brand what I want it to look like.
0: All right, so the design, I, I'm looking at it over the years here in Google image search, it's got a good design, but how do you get it into stores? I I uh, wonder if maybe things have changed because when I started doing these interviews, if I talked to a brewer, it was always about how great the beer was going to be and how painful it was to get it into stores. They would drive in, but they could, they're not even allowed to sell. They were just constantly trying to sell to someone who would sell. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, traditionally, yes, it's, it's, it's very, very challenging to get your product on the shelf It for anything, beer to food and beverage in general, whatever, whatever you're doing to get your product to a grocery store is very challenging. And, um, you know for me i was able to acquire the top talent um in the beer business and um you know really probably one of the defining moments was hiring jeff hansen as our vice president of sales and jeff uh, speaking of boston beer came from boston beer and um you know was a vp of sales of a local brand here in san diego and um you know jeff had the relationships and the know-how of how to get things into the grocery stores. And how
0: did he get into the grocery stores?
1: Well, you kind of go through the process, you know, who their buyers are and and when you walk in with St. Archer and um, it looks different and it has this, you know, marketing following through, through all these different folks, it's, it's a different story. It's not like focused on making a strawberry wheat ale, right? It's focused on, um, the brand and, and having people know about your brand before they get into the store. It was just a completely different approach. And I think they weren't used to that and they enjoyed the packaging.
0: Let me see how you got there. So you came up with the design, you found a brewer made beer that you liked, that you loved, that you were willing to put your brand on.
1: Yeah. First I raised $3 million.
0: Yeah. You told our producer, you got it from friends and family. How did you have friends and family who had $3 million when you said you didn't grow up in this well-off family
1: yeah it's i don't know man <laughs> you know looking back i i've i i you know asked everybody i knew and uh you know you 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 talk to one person that would lead you to another and lead you to another and lead you to another and uh, you know this is you know 2011-12 this is coming off the recession you know the the housing crash and you know money wasn't you know, that available for folks. And, you know, it's, it's crazy looking back to to give you
0: the bulk of it.
1: It was a lot of different people. There was one investor. um, His name's Frank Foster. He, he runs a fund up in uh, Montecito, but he invested personally with his family. Um, Frank put in a lot that I was not expecting. And and that kind of turned the tide of the whole raise
0: I'm I'm imagining what drew him to you was the, not just the vision for the brand and, and the beer, but the people that you brought on. Did you have a brewer already at that point? No, you didn't. So then what was it that, that he liked? What was it that he invested in? I mean, I think
1: if, you know, Frank was on the phone or, or anybody was listening or whatever, I think Frank would say, we believe in Josh to make it happen to we believe that he'll make a great
0: beer. Why? And, uh, Why do they think that you could do it? What do you think you you had about you?
1: Uh, I think the confidence. Like I, I knew I would get it done. I knew I was going to build a brewery, and I knew it was going to be successful. Um, i never had any doubts, not, not any.
0: You do have this intensity. Um, you have this chill vibe to you, but also this intensity in your eyes, and the duality of that is really interesting. You know what I'm talking about? I do.
1: Yeah. I'm an intense guy, but I'm not. I mean, but I'm not. But I would love to just you know have a cocktail too and and relax at the beach.
0: Yeah, no, the duality is usually not something that you find in a single human. When being. it comes you find to it in a business,
1: yes. And When it comes to business, m- the my competitive nature is almost detrimental.
0: What do you mean? How does it become almost detrimental?
1: Well, I think it's it's all consuming, right? Um, I think there's people that want to win. And then I think there's people that want to win by any means necessary. And then I think there's people that want to win and they don't just want to win. They want to beat you to the end at everything at all times. And um, is that you? Yep.
0: So you want to, you don't just want to be in the store. You want the end cap. You don't just want to be in the store in the end cap. You want all of their locations.
1: I want all of it. And I want everyone to go out of business in the meantime.
0: You do. Wow, oh, yeah. I wouldn't have thought. That doesn't seem yeah. like a like a New York chill thing. I mean, it's yeah. California chill thing, all right. Yeah. So then you Let me ask you this. In the wine business, you could get somebody else's wine, put it in your bottle and sell it. Sure.
1: Yeah. Why you didn't you do, in do that too. in the beer?
0: You why didn't you do I, that in I, beer? I,
1: because it's not authentic. Right? Okay. It's like somebody else is making your beer. It's not People people and myself included, like I want to go to the I want to know what it's all about. I want to know that you're making it all and you're doing it. Like this is your thing. Yeah. Not that you're just like paying for some case from some brewery in Anaheim and you're picking it up. That, that doesn't do anything for me. And if it doesn't do anything for me, then how could I tell you know the, the customers to enjoy
0: it? Right, don't like take that. this the wrong way. But this is another thing I'm noticing about you. When it comes to talking about the beer, it's it comes back to the brand again. It's not because mm-hmm. I had to have it, the Blondale be exactly this way, just like the mm-hmm. thing that I remember. No, it's because this is the spirit that we want to communicate. We mm-hmm. want people to Okay, I see that you then raise the money. You start brewing. What is there? Are there challenges in selling to stores directly, or is it just to bars directly? I'm trying to remember actually what the laws are, and I know they differ from state to state.
1: Um, yeah, no, I think it's 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 hard to get distribution, right? It's okay. it's hard to acquire an a distributor to sell your product at retail, right? Mm-hmm it's hard to get it in. It's hard to get retail to authorize it, but it's also hard to get to convince a distributor to bring it there for you. Right. Cause they want to put brands on their truck that are going to sell, right. That's the yeah. efficiency of it. So it, those two things are really hard. Um, and luckily for, for me, Stone Distributing um, believed in me before we even had any beer. And they, they, we signed with them as our distributor in Southern California from day one.
0: Got it. All right. And so again, it just comes back to people seeing that you're willing to, that you will do it.
1: Do you, do you yeah, do anything think, like, to
0: show them that you'll do it? I, I think about like my friend, Noah Kagan, he he's very concerned and caring for people. If he works with you, he's going to care about you. He cares about the numbers tremendously. He'll kill you. He'll rip your throat out if he has to, I feel, but at the same time, he'll lovingly like give it to you in a box. But <laughs> But he shows it from the beginning, like he has this move where he'll send you a gift. If you if you mention something, Josh, in passing, he'll remember it and a gift will show up at your door somehow. Do you have a, a style that shows people before your product is ready, who you're going to be as a CEO, what your product's going to be, how you're going to deliver and fight? No, you don't have a way of doing that. Mm-hmm. No.
1: No, I mean, for me, I think you kind of, um, you know, I'm not a networker. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't do, I'm not good in those situations. I don't even really like raising capital. Mm-hmm. I hate it actually. Um, I don't like asking people for money. Um, and I think in, in a lot of ways, a lot of the folks that are trying to raise capital or it's kind of a used car salesman type deal. And for me, it was, especially with St. Archer, it was a necessity for livelihood. You know, I just moved my family to San Diego. My my daughter was three and a half, and my oldest son was six months old, and um, I had no fucking choice but to win.
0: All right, so then, but okay, I get that intensity. You then had to start marketing it. Did you then partner up with your surfer and skate skating friends?
1: Yeah, they all invested into the business. Okay. Um, so when we were launching the brand, we, the brand was built through Instagram.
0: Yeah. What was the Instagram marketing? Apparently you were in charge of that.
1: Uh, I've been in charge of it for every brand we've ever done. Yeah.
0: So right now, when I go to your Instagram at Ashland hard, seltzer, your current Mm -hmm. business, that's you managing it. It is. Okay. Yeah. So what did you do in the early days on Instagram?
1: Um, I mean, it was different than it is now. You could actually build a brand through Instagram and not pay any money. And not have to pay, you know, all the fees they want to do now because, you know, they changed the algorithms and that kind of thing. So when you have, you know, however many millions of followers that all the guys and gals that that own the business with us had, you
0: know, Uh, I would send
1: them, you know, I would send them pictures, to post and videos and the films that we were making and all. And they would be able they would just post them all. Right.
0: Got it. Got it. You're helping them. Fit. You're giving them images to post. They get a benefit from obviously improving the business that they're investing in. Right. But also it's a credibility boost to say, I'm investing in this business. I am not just a guy yeah. who you're watching surf, right? Yeah. It helps all the way wow. around. All right. I should take a moment. To just talk about my first sponsor. I'm going to say it very quickly, people, because you know who my first sponsor is. I'm, I usually do these very persuasive things, Josh, but I'm so intensely in this conversation. I can't back <laughs> away and do my sales pitch. So instead I'm going to say, y'all know it. HostGators who host my website they should host your site if you want the lowest price they have go to hostgator.com/mixergy You started buying ads on Instagram also how did how did you manage that are you the type of person who's like checking out spreadsheets who's constantly trying to tweak no you are Yeah um,
1: okay. I enjoy I mean the business end I enjoy all that um, I also enjoy making our films and and everything else in between I I enjoy going over the PNLs with, with our leadership group and sales team. And, um, I enjoy every aspect of the business other than raising capital. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 um, unfortunately that falls under my job description. Um, but yeah, I enjoy every aspect of business.
0: What was the hardest part of Archer Brewing? I want to, I want to continue talk about the sale and then talk about what you're up to now with Ashland.
1: Yeah, I think the hardest thing was just learning how to be a leader. You know, I think, um, you know, I was a water polo coach when I was a kid. Um, and I, I, I equated a lot like coaching. You know, I think if I had more of a desire to be a teacher, I, I probably would have been a water polo coach. Um, I, I really love coaching. And what really did you learn from doing a, that? What did I?
0: Yeah. Do you remember some of the things that you learned from teaching water polo?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing was just you—you you can't talk to everybody the same way, and really running and leading a business is the same exact thing, right? There's some people that I can call and say, "The fuck just happened," right? There's some people I can call and say, "Hey, why don't we think about trying it this way," <laughs> right? Yeah, and yeah. and really that's coaching, right? It's just coaching, and and it's uh, motivating and leading, and and um, you know, it's it's the same exact thing. So I've always enjoyed being the leader and coaching. And I think when I was raising money, I'm, I am i I've always been good at articulating the vision that I'm trying to achieve. Right. And I think people understand that and they understood it with St. Archer and they understand it with all the business I've created since.
0: How do you, how did you express it then with St. Archer?
1: Gosh, that was a while ago now, but I think. I think for me, it was exactly everything we've talked about, that there really hadn't been a brand that was a brand. You know, you were walking into the grocery stores and you're purchasing Sierra Nevada or Boston Beer or Stone or whoever it was, and I didn't know anything about those businesses. There was no reason why I was buying it. That's why I didn't even believe they were as successful as they were, because I didn't know anything about them. I couldn't believe that there was they were spending no money in marketing, and you're telling me that people walk into the store, they buy a $10 six pack for no reason other than that's what's on the shelf.
0: Is that really why they make that decision?
1: Yeah, I mean, what, how many advertisements have you ever seen for Sierra Nevada?
0: Interesting, none. You know who I think about? I think about what's his name, Cook from the uh, Boston Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim. He used, yeah, Jim Cook. He used to buy a bunch of ads. He had a book. He was a, he was mm-hmm. a celebrity. He made himself a personality. But Definitely. other than that, I don't, and so what I've noticed is people go to the local beer. So yep. if if it's Laganita here in San Francisco, or what's the other yep. one? Uh, there's another one that's right here in the city. Um, Lagunita, that's a pretty, just outside. It,
1: anchor Steam or any of them, yes. right? So like, let's think of, so even Anchor outside of San Francisco, what are they doing in all the other states? They're in nothing.
0: And is that really it that I they that's don't really sell. It. So that's, so it seems. But to if be you like think
1: about, then you take it a step further. If you, I mean, I could really like bore you to death, but if you really take it a step further and you now yeah. you're going to do this, when you go home, you open up your refrigerator, or your pantry. And I would ask you, why do you buy the crackers or milk or peanut butter or whatever it is you buy? Why do you buy it all? Like, why do you buy that milk? Are they really speaking to you outside of the grocery store? They're not. You're looking at the carton. You're saying, can I afford this? And is this healthy for me?
0: With beer, something else happens. Uh I I think for the most part, it's... Are they saying the right words that my wife likes, which is like cage free, cruelty free or uh, what's the, you know, know, that type of thing. And then but with beer, it seems to be either they're going to say we're the most IPA of all of them or the most whatever Uh it is. Right. The darkest of the dark beer, the Uh most IPA or it's Uh some random whacked out packaging of something Rasputin on the thing. Right. Which
1: is ridiculous. Right.
0: Right, you're right. There isn't this sense of any connection to the beer anymore. Even the the local craft brews, um, except for whatever city you're in, you want to try the local thing that was made down the block. But and yeah. so that's what you realize. And you said there's a vibe here, there's a spirit here that we could embody into this, and you did it.
1: Yeah, it's, but it's more like taking a page out of the clothing company's books, right? Like you, you know, if you have um, Paul Rodriguez who's a professional skateboarder. If you have Paul Rodriguez on Instagram to his million followers, drinking a beer saying, I own this. I'm really proud of this. That influences a lot of people. right? Like that's a, that's a big deal. So if you, and then when, and then taking a step further, you look at the packaging and go, this is like clean and easy to understand and it looks cool. At least to us, it looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, that matters. And, and I think now people are focusing on that a little bit more, but, um, back then 10 years ago, nobody was,
0: why'd you sell the business?
1: I wanted to see, how. I, well, I wanted the shareholders to make money, but I wanted to see how I would feel. I wanted mean- to know if I would, if I'm doing you know, when you have a life-changing financial event, you kind of know, am I doing this for the money or am I really doing this for another reason? And for me, Mm -hmm. um i found out that i didn't do it for the money i do it for the competition and disruption of it and so when that was done um you know you kind of then when you partner with someone you want to partner with someone that wants to compete and disrupt as much as you do and if they don't then it's probably not a match made in heaven
0: you imagined i'm fierce they're bigger i have this determination they want in on this they want this Uh spirit that's what they're buying they're going to get it everywhere. This is going to be their mm-hmm. indie brand. Mm-hmm. And what happened after?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, to Coors' credit, you know, they hadn't purchased a brand since Blue Moon um, 22 years prior. So I think there was a bit of just a learning curve. And um, I think for us, it just, you know, there were some decisions that were made that that um, I think ultimately they thought they were doing the right thing. Um, and, you know, they weren't really from the small craft world. So it wasn't as like obvious um, to them as it was
0: to me that it was what not was it? the right thing. What was what was they, it? You, you felt like, I, I yeah. think we're going to be, we're going to be considerate to them, but you felt like they didn't do a great job with this, with the post-acquisition company. Because what? Yeah, I
1: think, I think the biggest thing was they want to align a brand that they purchase with their distributor network right? Um, Their distributor network, you know, St. Archer was built in the bars. There's some distributors that are great at servicing the restaurants and bars. There's some distributors that are great at serving the grocery stores and liquor stores, right? Well, when you take the the fastest growing business, craft beer business in California in the bars, and you put them with a distributorship that doesn't focus on that, Mm. you're in big trouble. And that's what happened. I mean, it really killed the business overnight.
0: Because they, I see, you know what? I never thought about it, but I don't see Miller. I don't see Coors in bars, but it could be that the bars that I'm going to don't serve yeah, that. I yeah, do see Blue Moon though.
1: They're just like, it's just, you know, we were in the craft bars, right? Mm. Like we were, you know, we had a massive draft presence all up and down California. And I think specifically in Southern California. And if you if you take away the distributor that got you in there and then you have a distributor that's not focused on that anymore. It, it completely changes the business. And then when the numbers do this, then Miller Coors's opinion changes of the brand and Uh... the performance of the brand and like how the brand would do outside of its home market. So it was like, it, 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 it it was just like a, a perfect storm of, of it just not really working out. And for me, it was too emotional for me to have a front row seat to that.
0: That's all. You because then the still going. Oh, I, mean, I, I still see it. I'm I'm yeah. on their site. Uh yeah, on still one of are. these tabs. What was um let's just wrap it up with this. What was it like the day of the sale? Do you remember? Was there one moment where you felt like, all right, I crossed the finish line on here for a second I could be really happy? No. No, there wasn't.
1: Not one moment.
0: How long did it take you before you decided to start another company?
1: 24 hours,
0: <laughs> it's 24 hours after what Yeah,
1: the sale of St. Archer.
0: Oh, I had really? Villager,
1: okay. I had villager in my head. Um, and then what's, what's villager villager goods was a organic coconut water and organic kids juice called little villager.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: Which has now been, that is no longer. And it is now villager spirits, which is a canned cocktail that comes out in about a month.
0: Oh, I see. Villager coconut water on Amazon. This was oh, so the mm-hmm. first thing you created was that it wasn't hard seltzer.
1: No, and then I've started three other businesses before Ashland.
0: Got it. I see. What happened to the others? It looks like people are There's, oh no, you can't buy Villager uh, coconut water yeah, it's on over. Amazon. Yeah,
1: But I, um, I'm a co-founder of an alcohol distribution business here in San Diego called Scout. Um, and then I I'm a co-founder of a brewery called Harlan Brewery here in San Diego, and then okay. also Claxton Cellars, which is a wine business. Okay. In addition to now obviously Ashland and Villager Spirits.
0: All right. Ashland, it seems like the vision was we're gonna create a hard seltzer with more interesting flavors. Is that it?
1: Um no. what was sort it? of. Sort of, I wanted to have a hard seltzer that tasted like LaCroix. That I was, you know, we're all drinking, you uh-huh. know, 700,000 of those things every day. Um, I wanted a hard seltzer that didn't have that kind of aftertaste to it that maybe some of the others do.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, it just wasn't attractive to me. You know, the taste of truly doesn't appeal to me. Um, obviously it does to others, but it doesn't to me. And so I wanted something that was lighter. And we created that. Um, it's really a lightly flavored, no sugar, 5% alcohol
0: hard seltzer. Why hard seltzer? Why, why, why not? I don't know. I guess I feel I, I don't know the space. Is it, it how, what's the growth of hard seltzer? I know that for a while there it was, it was blowing up, but still I have It still is. Yeah, what's still the growth is. on it?
1: Yeah. I mean, well over 100%. It's triple digits year to year. Yeah
0: wow okay
1: yeah so it's still it's still doing well there's more brands in the category now but um you know for me i just saw that's what everyone was drinking you know it was it was going that way and there was really only white claw truly and i thought in the summer of 2019 hey you know an independent craft version of this Mm. makes a lot of sense um and we were drinking white claw you know like it was showing up everywhere i was and generally when, I'm, when that's happening and I'm drinking it, I start thinking, well, I'll just do one of these. And I, I like hard seltzer because there's no barrier to understanding what it is, right? Like you get it, it's hard seltzer water, got it. Like there's no, whereas you know, brand, you know categories like hard kombucha, I don't like that.
0: Because there's a lot of
1: folks in this country that say, what the fuck is kombucha? right? Never heard of it. It's too expensive. It has to be refrigerated. I don't like any of those things.
0: Right, um, right. And it is more approachable business. even than, than beer, I imagine, because with beer, you have to understand, I do I like so. a lager? Do I like an ale? Do, do I even well, know what it is?
1: And it's easy. It's gluten-free. There's no sugar, yeah. Like, right? It's kind of like a canned cocktail. I, I think beer is super easy, right? When you, when you get into these crazy craft beers that all these people are making, but when you, you when you think about like the base of the domestic beer, right, Bud, Bud Light, Coors, Coors Light, the Mexican lager businesses, it's easy to understand. Everybody gets it, right? But but with hard seltzer, it, there's no explaining to do. You just so then get
0: it. I saw this article from where is it? It was like a trade magazine that said that you and your celebrity friends were all launching this business together. It seems like you went back to the same playbook. You said, I'm going to get the people whose reputation will help, right?
1: Yeah. We just got a lot of folks outside of one, you know, a lot of the people, skaters and surfers, you're pigeonholing who you're talking to. So when you have now you have those same people, but you also have professional athletes and actors and country music stars and social media influencers, you kind of have, you're speaking to all walks of life now.
0: How does it work now when you're partnering up with them? Do you do you ask for a signed agreement about how many posts they put up or what else they do? I Nothing.
1: don't. I don't because they're investors and I don't do that. Just like I don't work with their agents.
0: So it's just you going out, getting them as investors, suggesting things for them to post on social media mm-hmm. if they do. And they're actually they
1: a part of it. Like they're putting money into the business, so they're a part of the business.
0: Yeah, but I'm an investor in some businesses that I don't put enough time into. I think I need mm-hmm. to be. I need to be invited to do it sometimes, to know what's necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But For do you, sure. you do that?
1: A hundred percent.
0: Without requiring? Talk- no. You talk to them how?
1: Because I just feel like if you're investing in the business and you wanted to do well, why would you not be doing what I need you to do?
0: Yeah. Plus, I feel like we need to know what fits so I'm not just... Prom- I'm not just promoting what I think makes sense. Maybe it's not maybe it's not in line with what you have in mind, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I mean I think they they the overall concept they wouldn't have invested if they didn't want to be a part of a hard seltzer business. So that would be, you know, and then like promoting something that you're drinking, that's the thing is with everybody who's involved it's authentic. Right? Like Jared Goff and Cody Bellinger are really drinking hard seltzer, right? It's not it's not fake. It's not like you're asking them to post their favorite paper towel, right? Like they they they're really they're really a part of it and they're really consuming the category. So they figure why not consume a brand that I own.
0: I'm looking at the design of this. It doesn't feel very California to me, though obviously it says CA right at the top. It feels very much like a almost like a health food brand. Does that make sense? Yeah, good. That's good. intentional that too. It, that-
1: Yeah, that means it'll appeal. I mean, this was probably the hardest brand that I've ever had to design, because you're trying to speak to everybody, right? Beer is more masculine and it's a more Mm male-dominated consumer and, um, you know, you can get away with that. Hard seltzer, everybody's drinking it. Young, old, male, female, rich, poor, black, white, everybody's drinking it, right? Um, So you got to really appeal to everybody in a can and that's not easy to do.
0: Yeah, I don't even know how I got in my head that it's low calorie. I must have seen it somewhere there. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, what's the new thing that you're coming out with? Um, it's a canned,
1: yeah, canned cocktail. Okay. Um, you know, kind of a less sugar, like lower calorie, less uh, cocktail than that. What's funny is I, want, I almost made Ashland a canned cocktail. Um, I like the canned cocktail. I like everything about it. I just wasn't sure if people were really gonna do it. They were really gonna replace their favorite gin and tonic concoction with just cracking a can and pouring it over ice. I just wasn't sure folks were gonna do that. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happened. And convenience now is everything for people. They would rather crack open a tequila margarita can Instead of buying all of the ingredients to make a margarita,
0: I'm surprised I would have thought that they'd have more time and be willing to do that. No,
1: oh, nope. that's why I, the canned, co- I mean, the ready-to-drink cocktail is the fastest-growing alcohol category in the U.S.
0: And it's I not even close. That. Really? Yeah, for years people have tried people to do this. People just
1: don't. They just wanna. They just wanna make it easy on themselves.
0: It's is it crazy. because all alcohol has gone up over the last year or so?
1: I mean, alcohol has gone. Bananas.
0: Mm. Yeah, it really I, has.
1: But it's one of those things where, you know, no matter what's going on, I think coming out of um, 2008 and you know, figuring out, you know, I'm making movies. Um, you know, what are those things that you can do that would? Pre- I know a lot of people that lost everything through 2008, and you know, alcohol is kind of one of those things that no matter what's going on, people are drinking. Booze. I mean, in what, you know, it's like we just went through this awful pandemic and alcohol goes through the roof. You know, I'm not sure, like, in what scenario would alcohol not be something people would want to consume.
0: Right. When you're excited, you drink it. When you're not, you know what's the scenario is? When weed and other experiences start to take over, I'm about to interview an entrepreneur who's got not about with lining it up he is doing like these psychedelic trips remotely. He's allowed to now sell that, you know? And there are people who prefer not to drink and instead would want non-alcoholic drinks and then have experiences like that or weed.
1: Yeah, I think that's a small group, right? And there's a lot of stigmas that go along with that. You know, like we're having a beer, having a cocktail, nobody thinks anything of it. Um, And it's easy and it's cheap. It's, It's easy and it's kind of a staple of people's lifestyles. Whether you consume a lot of it or a little, I'm not a huge drinker, um, but you know I, I don't think alcohol will ever go away.
0: So let's analyze this. Why are you here? Why? How did you end up here? It seems like part of it is this, question, inten- <laughs> this intensity, this this self belief that you could do it without. It's unflappable, right? Yeah, you I, tell
1: mean, me? I, in, I mean, I um... mean. I think alcohol is just the, like I said, I'm not a big drinker, but I think alcohol, the business of alcohol best suits my personality. Um, I can be, I'm very aggressive with business and want to go really fast and push really hard. You can have that same mentality in, you know, non-alcoholic beverages and you just can't go that fast right the industry is not set up that way it's just not whereas with alcohol you can go up and down the street and sell your brand you can go just knock on bars doors you cannot do that with a non-alcoholic beverage.
0: You can't come in with a new Coca-Cola and say, "Come sample it." No. They're not in the interest. They're not interested no. in sampling. But bars and even the local Whole Foods is willing to yeah. experiment with this. Okay, yeah, so the, that's the a part regional
1: of it. grocery stores go. Yeah, sure. What's funny is for alcohol, they have regional buyers. For non-alcoholic beverages and food, you have to go to the national buyers, right? And they only meet once a year. So there is no. You can't go fast and be aggressive. You just can't. So alcohol, I I think most folks probably are not as aggressive as I am, and and when I have it, I mean from idea to Ashland being in the store was five months.
0: Wow, and not so, being in one store it was multiple stores from what I saw.
1: Yeah, it went crazy kind of right away. But you know, because of the success I've had, I've been able to hire the best people. You know, like. That's the biggest thing. I know what I'm awful at. And I know what I'm great at. And the stuff that I'm awful at, which is a ton of things. um, I just hire the
0: best. All right. That's another thing that keeps coming up that you weren't going to brew the beer yourself or have any strong opinions about it. You're just going to hire someone who could do it really well. You weren't going to be able to get into the stores. You were going to hire the best people to do it. And the way you hire the best is the what? What's your thing? It's not constant they networking. In,
1: they just believe in the business that I'm building, and I just reach out to people cold. I still do it, I and it's still the, do it's it.
0: this whole like Clint Eastwood conversation style <laughs> that you've got, right?
1: Yeah, I but think it's, it's it's very blunt, and it's it's very uh, clear what uh-huh. my goals are, and okay. um, and I think if people are a lot, have I been turned down? Sure, I mean. Not very often, but <laughs> I, I've been turned down. So it, right. it's some people just don't align with what I want to do.
0: The other part is um, you pick these categories that are growing. That's why I think that that now you're going to have a bigger success than you were be- than before. Because Ashland Seltzer is picking up on this really gr- this growth industry, right? Mm-hmm. Where people are looking to try new seltzers. It's growing and. Before, to some degree, that still was going, still was in your favor because craft brews were still, craft beer was still very, uh, was still big and growing. Okay, so that's Mm -hmm. another thing that you grab onto that I think we can learn from. The other one is this attention to brand, this care about brand, that everything comes back to brand, even about whether people can come in and see how you brew. It's about brand, right? Yep. What else am I missing? Let's let's close it out with one last one. Your son is going to listen to this maybe in 20 years or how about this? Your great grandson in a hundred years has this interview as a chip in his head and wants to see where do I come from? What's the one thing that's part of my DNA that I can't lose sight of? What, what else do we want to make sure to put in there?
1: I mean, I think the biggest thing for me has probably just been like sacrifice and hard work and like willing to do whatever it takes. And I think a lot of people say that when they're not faced with having to do whatever it takes.
0: What's the hardest thing you had to do that was a sacrifice? Or what's one example of a sacrifice you had over the years?
1: I would say, you know, the first two years or the first two years when we lived here was the worst two years of our marriage. You know, I've been with my wife since I was 15.
0: Yeah, I can't believe that.
1: We're both 42 now. And she went through, she went through it all, you know? So um,
0: what was it like? What do you mean where you couldn't, I, I hear your dog. It's fine. What was it like? What was going um, on Um threaten the relationship?
1: Yeah. I think you moved to a new community, you know? Um, and I'm building a new business and it's, you know, you gotta, you cut, you have these situations where you don't want to leave, right? Like she's upset. You have little kids you're spending a lot of time at work. You know, there, there's a lot of ah, things. That you're bringing happen. her to this
0: new community. She doesn't know anybody, and then you're yeah. basically dumping her there while you're going off to work Ex- endlessly.
1: Exactly. Got yeah. it.
0: Yeah, do you want me to I can stop? see that. No, I think we're fine. I like the dog okay. in the background. I, I dig it. What dog do you have? What type of dog?
1: It's a bulldog.
0: All right, makes sense. She's right. just
1: gone. I don't even know. What's, I don't even see anything else. I don't even know what's going on.
0: I thought um, I saw some light. Maybe there was a car that passed through. Let's go yeah. out with this. I was, I was telling you before the interview started uh, that I wanted to ask about the tattoos. It was one that I was trying yeah. to read before we started because uh, there are words yeah. on your right arm. What does it say?
1: Uh, well, my son, uh, my mom, ma- I have one on the inside of That's my arm. My, my, mom, my mom, this says, follow your dreams. Uh-huh. And my mom used to write, uh, when she would pack my lunch in elementary school, she would write on the napkin she would write me the note and say, love mom. Right. Um, I actually think, you know, my mom was a big part of of my confidence in in a lot of ways. Right. Like when she would say, you know, you can do anything you want. I actually believed her, you know, like I, I believed her. Like I thought, like, I mean, I didn't think I was going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Right. Uh, I'm not six, four but, um, you know, I actually believed her that I could like pretty much do whatever I set my mind to. And she always had confidence in me that, um, you know, I would, I would be all right. She would always tell me that, like, I'm not worried about you. And so, and I, you know, I, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. It's Ashland hard seltzer. Now, every time that I see it in a store, see it online, see it mentioned anywhere, I'm just going to remember you that intense look in your eye and this story. Thanks for being on here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Cool. And to Memberful, I know I said I was going to do an ad for you. We're obviously not going to charge you for it. The audience will get the benefit of my Memberful ad in the next interview, but I will thank HostGator, my sponsor. Go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy when you need a hosting company. You too, Josh. We need a hosting company. They give you a great great deal. I do. Thanks. Who doesn't? (laughs) Thanks. Bye, everyone. (laughs)